Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 859, The Myth of the Aha Moment by David Kane of raptitude.com. And I'm Justin Mollock, your host, who reads you blogs every day so that you don't have to take the time to find them and read them yourself. This show covers personal development, minimalism, and productivity mostly from some of the best blogs online and gets permission from the authors and or websites. David Kane of raptitude.com is our author today and he does a bunch of experiments like being vegan for a month, meditating, no alcohol, all that kind of stuff. And the results are worth checking out, not always what you'd expect. You can find that on his site, raptitude.com. But for now, let's get to his post as we optimize your life. The Myth of the Aha Moment by David Kane of raptitude.com. In March, I published a post explaining and diagramming with stick figures how I'd become enamored with stoicism. The ideas resonate with others too. The post made the front page of Reddit, and whenever someone in real life tells me they read this blog, that's the article they mention. The title was, The Only Thing You Need to Get Good At, referring to the stoic skill of continually returning your attention to the small number of things you can control and leaving the rest of your worries to fate. Six months later, I can report that I did not get good at it. I'm still constantly becoming fixated on what I can't control and overlooking what I can, and I don't believe I could march to the gallows in good cheer. Not only do I forget to respond stoically to emerging dilemmas in life, it's hard to locate even a whiff of that fate-loving sense of empowerment I seem to embody so easily for those few weeks. I'm not worried about this, however, for reasons I'll explain. I know what ingredient was missing. This is a pretty common human pattern, especially for self-improvement hobbyists. You read about a new perspective that immediately clicks with your intuitions, triggering a so-called aha moment. Armed with this insight, you enjoy a few weeks of newfound enthusiasm and ease. Then when you're not looking, this new you disappears into your old patterns. The aha moment is its own unique emotion, a feeling of, ah, that makes so much sense. It feels like you've gained possession of a new lens through which everything in your life looks tidier and more manageable your work, your relationships, your health, your finances, and yourself. Then the epiphany's afterglow fades. Soon you feel like you've forgotten how to look at the world that way. You might even reread the material that gave you the insight in the first place, and maybe a hint of the feeling returns, but over time, it starts to seem irretrievable. Occasionally, after an aha moment, we really do turn over a new leaf, but much more often we return to old patterns without ever deciding to. So when they do stick, what makes them stick? 
the missing ingredient. Since most of my day job is to offer exactly these sorts of epiphany-inducing perspectives, I receive a lot of emails from people in the middle of epiphanies. I often wonder how many of them become lasting changes and how many fizzle after a short burst of enthusiasm. I received a number of these exciting messages in July after I published The Alternative to Thinking All the Time. The post argued that when you're not attending to our present moment sensory world, we're probably just ruminating uselessly. Therefore, we should invest in a habit of frequently returning to our sensory experience. Readers reported that after reading the article, they went for blissful walks, basked in gentle breezes, ate transcendent sandwiches, marveled at the steam swirling up from their coffee, and otherwise lived in the present moment in a way they usually don't. They expressed excitement at more days like this, presumably to come. But I wondered how many people took to heart the bottom half of the article, which argues explicitly that we don't have a hope of living that way, at least with any consistency, unless we have some kind of regular practice. We are so strongly conditioned to live in our heads that we simply will not remember to live in our sensory experience when we haven't just read an article about it. The absence of a daily practice is why my stoicism kick didn't change me for long. Since I have decades of experience fixating on what I can't control, after that first few weeks of enthusiasm, I barely noticed the possibility of responding stoically during setbacks. I acted out my old ways so reflexively that I never gained any appreciable experience with the new way and no momentum could build. You need a practice. To start living in a new way, we need a practice, some way to gain experience noticing the moments when we're about to do thing A and then do thing B instead, even while it's still exceedingly easy and comfortable to do thing A. Just a few reps every day is enough to get a foothold and start to dissolve the reflexive nature of the old behavior. In the case of stoicism, a simple practice might have been this. Every morning, I list everything I'm worried about that day. Then from that, I make a much smaller list of the things I can actually control. Doing this practice and checking the second list while I work would give me a small but regular bit of training at focusing on what I can control, B, when I normally would be focusing on what I can't, A. That's the skeleton of any effective practice, recognizing moments where you can change in A to B on a regular basis over time. In the case of living in the present, I already have a practice. Twice a day, I sit and observe my present moment experience, sounds, bodily feelings, and emotions. When I notice I've become preoccupied, A, I come back to noticing the unfolding of the present moment, B. That's meditation. Over time, this practice has completely transformed my life. Doing even a little bit of B starts to break down the automaticity of doing A. The new way occurs to you more often. Each of these moments creates another chance to practice. Gradually, the new way becomes natural. Epiphanies, or aha moments, awaken us to the possibility of living differently, but they don't illuminate those crucial moments when we need to remember that possibility, and they don't make the new way feel easy or natural. We tend to think that big changes happen in life when we discover a better way to live. But that discovery is not the moment of change. You really change when this new way of living starts to feel natural. And for that to happen, you need a practice. You just listened to the post titled The Myth of the Aha Moment by David Kane of raptitude.com. That's one of the reasons for this podcast is to serve as that daily reminder, a little bit of a practice, to help you optimize your life. Hopefully it's helping. 
And thanks to David Kane for giving me his permission to read this. At the beginning of the post, he mentioned an article that he wrote about stoicism. I actually narrated that one too. You can check it out in episode 830. And if you're new to this show, I'd love it if you subscribe. It's totally free. And every day you'll hear me narrate a really great article for you. It can become your practice. You can listen on the go, in the car, while you're walking, wherever. Just hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Most podcast apps are free and you're good to go. That should do it for today. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you in the Thursday show tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.